Dear Diary, today's interviewee wanted to stay anonymous, but he's been a mascot for over 10 years. He started in college and is now in the pros. Take a listen. How long have you been a mascot? Yeah, so I started mascotting in college back in 2007. So I was a college mascot for three years. And then after graduating, uh, the teaching market crashed and was looking for random jobs and then have been uh, mascotting at a different level since 2010. Why did you want to become a mascot? I mean, I know you said you started in, in college first, but I mean, what drew you to that? Yeah, so I was a member of the equipment staff in the athletic department in college. And one random day, there were tryouts for the Division One mascot. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Days kind of slow at work. So walked out, see what I had to do. And I uh, just threw the head, out, the head on, the gloves on, uh, auditioned basically on a whim. And that's where it really all began. So it wasn't uh, passion or anything straight up. It was just kind of a, a hobby that I stumbled into. Awesome. And so how many characters would you say you've been since? In my time, I've been a total of three in different levels. Just to clarify for the listeners, whoever's listening right now, we're not giving away like who you are, what what organization like you're from. So yeah, it's going to be anonymous this one. So, All right, perfect. And with that, it's ranging from... Uh, collegiate to the professional level and independent all in the sporting industry so okay so you you told me that mascotting is not is not your only job you have a a couple jobs so do you want to go into you want to go more into that yeah absolutely so my career and degree was basically to be a a business teacher at the high school level. And when I graduated college, the education market basically crashed in my region. So ended up uh, getting a position with a professional organization part-time. Then in the meantime, I was able to get into higher education um, and have a position where I'd help college students find opportunities and uh, internships, different careers that way. And aside from that, I also serve mm-hmm. as an event manager at a festival in town. So really different areas of my professional career include promotions, marketing, and then career advising. So three completely different realms. And how do you juggle it all? <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is key, like advice to future mascots. I mean, you're number 43, like as an interview, and it's it's always like this juggle, this this struggle of how to juggle everything. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, the key thing is I view the position as fun. And uh, the great thing is my full-time employer is very supportive of the side opportunities. So in my full-time job, I manage a pretty flexible schedule. So that can work around different uh, different mascotting events. I can, in my full-time role, I have the opportunity to schedule myself in different parts of the state for uh, different meetings with companies looking to connect with our students. So I I align those with special events in the mascot community and really have a unique um, opportunity just to be able to have that adaptive schedule, which leads to um, part-time opportunities throughout the week. 
And are you the only one like um, in the suit right now, or does uh, like a lot of it? Is it a lot of it? Is a lot of it? You know, the two. Is there more than one person, and that helps out a lot too. That if you can't handle it, someone else can just jump in there. Absolutely. So there's a couple of us in a rotation. We're all at the part-time level, so our organization does not have a full-time employee in the role. So with that, um, there's uh, a primary one, and when other ones can help out, we can help out on the side. Oh, okay. Do you see yourself dropping everything and becoming a full-time mascot if that were to be like if become available? You know, something of It'd be something of interest. Uh, the key thing is, you know, just like looking where I'm at in the professional career on the educational side, things are going good. Things are going good there and, and progressing. Who knows if it was the right opportunity and, you know, the right industry and all that kind of stuff. So tough, be a tough decision, but it'd be something to be interested in. No, yeah, definitely. No, I and I feel you like on on the education like side. Like I don't know, I feel like I'm I'm a teacher and I went to school for a very long time for that. <laughs> it was like absolutely. So I was like I can't throw away all these years to just like go become a mascot like if if the opportunity came about. Like I'm not even I don't even do like a lot of mascoting. I think uh you know a unique thing with that too like in different uh different industries. So all the all the areas that I've mascoted in has been associated with, with sports. So if it was paired with, you know, a different like youth coordinator position or something in uh, marketing and communications, in addition to just the mascoting, I think that would be where the temptation would kick in. No. Yeah, definitely. I, I love like the, the youth sports stuff. Like I really like, that's my part-time job like for this city. I, I'm not as that involved as like I want to be, but yeah, I that definitely definitely is one of my passions too. Like I love getting out in the community and getting kids involved in sports and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are some skits that your character does, or anything that you've done throughout the years that you know really stand out, and that you know is something that that you love? Like you're like I remember doing that, and it was so awesome. So there's been a range of settings and. One of the big things that I enjoy, so of course, in, in sports, there's the interaction at the games. And the games are fun, games cool, that's great. But what I love is the stuff out in the community. So if it's working with uh, organizations or activities, we're having a mascot there from a professional team would be uh, super unique or natural um, for communities. That's what I, I really enjoy. So in terms of skits and interactions, when going to different places around the state where they might not have seen this mascot before or being able to make it out to a professional game might happen only once a year, once a couple years uh, due to the distance away. It's always fun to interact in those, in those communities where it's more of a surprise and you just see how excited the, the students are compared to, Oh, yeah, you were at my friend's birthday party two weeks ago, or hey, I saw you at the game last week. So being able to get to communities that don't have the opportunity to see um, the organization perform or the mascot in person as much, uh, that's that's really the area that I love and really uh, maximize those types of opportunities and settings. No, oh, yeah, for sure. I love it when kids get all excited and like, oh my God. <laughs> like you're Absolutely. <laughs> so what would you say is the furthest you've traveled? Like, 
to for an appearance? So it definitely varies um, because of the full-time job. Um, can't just like pick up and go all the time. Yeah. So probably around six hours in oh, state wow. at least. Um, then supporting events in the area states as well. So primarily I'm, I'm within a uh, two to two to three hour range um, from where the team performs and, you know, try to keep it all or just the amount of requests is just so great in the region. Um, it's hard to go farther than that just to accommodate all the weekend and uh, special events during the week. No, oh, yeah. And then, so do they, does your organization like provide the transportation, like your vehicle? And like, if it is like a six hour trip, like will you stay in a hotel or anything? Uh, so traditionally when mapping out events, um, if it was something like that, I would make the most out of the experience in the weekend and uh, probably stay additionally before or after on my own. Um, but there always is support when it comes to mileage or certain stipends that some of the people who request the performer um, add in addition to the event. So that way, if it is a distance, it's normally offered, um, but not the arrangements like that wouldn't be provided uh, by the organization. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Like I've had mascots over for birthday parties and it says like additional mileage may apply and stuff. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot um, of factors built into it for sure. But mileage is pretty, um, from what I understand, pretty normal. Um, the rates definitely vary, but there always is uh, some sort of offset in terms of the transportation costs. Yeah. And I know you said that you like the community events, but um, what what do you think is the most daring thing that you've done in the suit or in a suit, so, maybe in college? I don't know. Yeah. So the key thing about the organization I'm at now, it's definitely um, more, I don't want to say more rules you have to follow, but just <laughs> there has to be a brand standard that's kept up. So try to stay mostly by the books and not risk anything where, hey, uh, the mascot of your organization, you know, was at uh, at a birthday party and this happened. So I try to avoid um, things that could create conflict as much as possible. However, in college, it was a completely different thing. So in college, uh, just the ability to mess with and, mess with and screw with college students, uh, to have fun with the visiting teams, to go on road trips. So when you're on a road trip and immersed in a new community compared to just going to the game, why not show up at the tailgates in the crazy uh, college area? So then when college students are um, just taking part in tailgate festivities, the mascot always likes to compete. So those are some of the areas that I look back on and be like, yeah, that might not, might not have been that good of a decision. Um, since I did not have a handler in many of those scenarios at the time to help me out. But uh, in the current role, definitely try to stay by the books and um, not necessarily stick to a script, but, you know, just have genuine uh, light fun for the different events. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, man, so now do you, would you say that you have a handler like all the time now, like it, with your current er organization? At games, 100% of the time at community events, uh, 
we always say, you know, if there's a ton of people there, make sure that someone's able to help out. Uh, otherwise, it's after after doing it for 10 years between the different roles, definitely know how to manage a crowd and get out when you need to get out. So I'd say for the community events that are non-games, probably 98% uh, no handler. Oh, wow. I think oh, that's crazy. I, I don't know. I feel like it would be like the opposite. If you're at a game, you have plenty of people watching out from you. But if you go into the community, that's like a ton of people that don't know how to be around a mascot, maybe, you know, so they might attack, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Like one thing that you run into at games, especially on evenings, is intoxication. <laughs> and yeah. for the majority of uh, parties and venues, you know, it's always, I'd say, if they're able to pay for the mascot, you know, there's um, a certain level of control and professional understanding with, with that to begin with in community events. So if it was like a community festival with um, just chaos with kids running around with a lot of, uh, you know, adults that might not know how to interact without a doubt, there would be a handler, but for the large, large, large majority, um, you know, just quick movements to get away if someone attempts to, you know, swing on um, different parts of the body or rip off. That's when uh, I have to normally find someone for a little assistance if I don't just sneak away. Oh, yeah. And so that leads me to my question, of which I ask this to, like, everyone. How do you deal with the unsupervised children, the drunk adults, and maybe the crazy women? Absolutely. So there's the kids depending on how many masses they come in can generally be managed. I'd say the hardest group of youth is around the early middle school range. So when you get um, the boys that want to show off to the girls, that's the hardest group to work with because it's like, Oh, you know, let's be funny. Let's, uh, let's do this to the mascot. And you're like, okay, kid, Uh, not cool not fun. So normally that's countered with just doing something to embarrass them to the max around the girls. Um, so that group's tough with for uh, intoxicated adults or uh, adults that are out of control. Normally in the setting of games, I'd say 100% of the time in games, it's under control or there's generally a shadow or handle in those certain settings. Um, when the other form would be wedding receptions, and at wedding receptions, if people just get too out of control, you can always sneak out. Um, or I've never had an issue being able to get away uh, when you know things were going south. So for the most part, uh, it's avoidable. Um, one time, there was this kid at a birthday party, and he just on ragging and just just would not stop he was picking on little kids he was just being really rude and it's like no, none of the parents were even doing anything to control him so when we were playing baseball in the yard or we were actually playing softball in the backyard with the real softball drilled him in the shoulder everyone laughed you know and he kind of looked up looked up and like, okay i guess i uh watch what i'm doing because mascot's not messing around today so you know, there's just def- different ways that you can um, approach the different situations. But primarily, uh, I'd say the middle school boys are the most challenging to handle. 
I think that's that's across the board. Like I don't know, just Absolutely. teaching wise, <laughs> like that age. I don't know. Some people love it, but my favorite is like the fourth graders. Like I don't know. Right. You know, it's like generally when you have elementary school. What I've noticed, there's still there's still like the wow factor, and even you know even upper elementary, they still think you know I guess this is pretty cool that the mascot's here, and then it's like that for me, the fifth or sixth grade uh, transition. And it's like, you know, unleashing a pack of wolves at an event. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's good to know for different events, like what the age group is going in so I can mentally prepare for what I'm about to walk out to. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so have you like ever gone in blind? Like they didn't give you any information whatsoever. <laughs> that would be rough. Yeah, there's definitely those uh, circumstances. So sometimes there's there's always for the event, but often the contact is a person that's you know so busy that they can't chat uh, in in advance. They might sign up for the mascot and be like, "Oh, this will be fun. We'll set this up." Um, but then from there, uh, it's like, "Oh yeah, you show up at the event, or you don't. You're not able to connect with them on the phone." Then you basically walk in and just through general observation, picking up on what type of activity it's going to be. For the for my current organization, there are good details that they ask for in the description and in the event title um, for most. But if it says community festival, that you got you truly have no idea what that is. If this is something that is going to be like a block party, if it's something that's going to be everyone's uh, elementary age. Those are always the most curious ones and often, you know, the most fun to walk into just because you don't know what type of interaction you're going to have going in. Has, like, um, how do I, what's the politically correct way of saying that? I'm, I, have you ever got a request to go to a home for older people, I guess? <laughs> or, Absolutely. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I've oh, yeah. not, no so, one's ever talked about this before. So, but the, like you've gotten a request to like go um, to visit like the the older people. Absolutely. So everything from uh, basically daycares of <laughs> interacting with newborns through like five year olds in that setting, um, through corporate parties to. Um, of course, you know, just more general public events, all the way to retirement communities and senior citizen homes. I often do events at hospitals, um, especially children's hospitals. So, you know, getting a mix of people in different settings. But retirement centers are often uh, probably probably have the opportunity for me personally, even being part time, to do four to five of those a month. Oh wow! And, and there's probably more on top of that. So whether, you know, we see the senior citizen uh, just walking around, uh, meeting the retired, like going into their different rooms, say, hey, how you doing? You know, or not saying that, of course, but just greeting everyone on the fly. Um, it's, off, it's often paired around uh, significant events, whether it's the beginning of the season or the all-star game, the playoffs, because there's a lot of excitement around there. Uh, where they do different things to celebrate, you know, the games, the activities. Um, but it is it is pretty common to go to that type of event. That's cool. No one's ever, like, mentioned that before. That's why I just thought of it. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, oh, and those, yeah. Are, those are the best just because everyone's, 
like between those and uh, doing stuff with, I'd say either like retirees and senior centers or little, 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 little kids, you just don't know what you're going to walk into from room to room. Sometimes it could have been the biggest fan of the team who went to all these events back in the day and haven't uh, been to a game in person for decades or on the youth side, you know, it's the first time if they've never been to Disney world before, they may have never experienced a mascot in person. So it's kind of cool that uh, you see both sides of the spectrum and excitement, fear, confusion all across the board with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> and would you say you take on a totally different personality when you're performing or it's kind of the same? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm not necessarily shy or quiet by any means. Um, being a, an advisor to college students, certainly a pretty conversational person, but when it comes to letting moose or walking into a wedding reception and dancing for two hours straight or, you know, being tossed into the random forums like that, that's definitely when a trigger goes off and another side flips around. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's it's, funny. it's great too when you're in the suit and you may have been dancing with a group of people for like 10 minutes. Then you get out and you like nod at them when you're walking out, like saying goodbye. And they have no idea who this person is nodding at them. That's always a, you know, awkward situation and pretty common because you just forget, you know, after doing it for so much, you just forget that you're um, not one of the group. Yeah. That's the way to put it. Yeah. that I felt like, uh, a total stranger. I was walking around an event for a friend. She had a fall festival, and so I came in to be the mascot. And I was walking around. It was the same kids. Like I was like, okay, I just walked around, and now you're telling me like they're just so. Ex- I mean, it was funny, but it was like they were so excited. Like every time they saw me again, I was like, I just walked around, and now like I'm here again. It's like less than a minute later, <laughs> you know. And absolutely. Um, yeah, and then so everyone was like, it was just weird to come out in the suit. And I was trying to say bye to my friend, and and then just like I'm pretty sure they were like, what is this lady doing, like all sweaty and like her hair's all messed up, right. and like yeah, I'm like not dressed like in a costume or anything. Like I'm just in my sweats. So yeah, like I got a few looks, and I was like, okay, well I can't find my friends. So I'm just gonna text her and like like peace out. But I mean, there was a ton of people there, but it was just funny. It was. Yeah, like it was it was weird. I was like, you were just waving and smiling at me, but now without the costume, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'd say the most awkward for me in that scenario are doing birthday parties at um the house of you know, or at the host house. So <laughs> you walk in, of course, and they always you know, we always kinda of prep to get everyone in the backyard or everyone in the basement, everyone in the side room. So you sneak in, but it seems like at the end no one cares to hide the mascot on the way out. So that way you just kind of walk out and nod your head. No one knows who on earth this person is, where they're coming from, like you said, why they're soaking wet and all that. So that's definitely a unique interaction that happens weekly. Wait, so you change in their house? Oh, yeah. So what they would do is we require a private space. So traditionally, like a guest bedroom, something like that, or uh, like a basement or, you know, just some spot that's first off clean, but also uh, controlled. So 
if it is easy entrance and easy exit. But there's normally, for, for the season that I work, traditionally the weather's pretty nice outside. So that way the events are outside. So it's not like people are sitting in the house unless it's a rainy day, basically. But yeah, definitely change in stranger houses every every weekend that there's events. That's crazy. Like all the mascots have always like, well, okay. So when I saw his like van, he had like, uh, I guess tinted windows, but like he just like walked up like already in the suit or whatever. And the other one, I don't know where he parked, but he literally walked down like three houses to the corner and like turned. And I was like, where did he park? Like they like walked up like already ready. <laughs> like, but of course it wasn't a kid's party or whatever. It was like my party because I'm weird, but <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone definitely has a different approach to that and different resources. Um, there was a time where I was trying to get a hold of a, of a host and it was for a Passover was at a private house the whole family was there i could literally see everyone um uh dining and going through um just going through everything in they go through a ceremony in the living room and i'm like okay i can't knock on the door because i'm going to interrupt you know this pretty sacred event and let's think of my feet so basically walked in their garage changed in the garage rang the doorbell crashed the party for five minutes and just join the dinner in suit hanging out with them for the next hour so luckily their interactions aren't that awkward all the time um but it does happen no just wow. walking in in suit that'd be crazy like i can't imagine like having to like hey like i need to go like use your lounge or whatever and like change and then come out like I don't know, but I I guess it makes sense if it's like a, a little kids party, but I don't know. That's right. crazy. I don't, <laughs> and then, having the contact information early, you can always say, all right, I'm uh, just leaving an event 40 minutes away, 10 minutes away, parking in this car. So normally, if they're good at having their phone on them, uh, you can sneak in with these without ever having to knock on the door and having the wrong person answer it, yeah. which helps. Yeah, crazy. Uh, do you have any regrets? as a mascot um not necessarily and uh yeah just thinking back to when i did it in college i guess the biggest one was not doing it as much as i could so one of the things was i i did primarily three or four different sports and just wish I really took advantage of more of the community-based stuff at the time. Like for me at first, since I was working for the athletic department, I'm like a lot of my, all the events, you know, that uh, the mascot needed to be there at were the athletic ones. So when it came to some of the community ones, um, I just didn't see the connection of the importance of those. This is going back 10 years ago, of course, but really think there's a lot of things that I, you know, said I, or I could have opened up availability for it and pick up that would have been really cool things for the community. But uh, nowadays it's funny because it's a complete opposite. I prefer to do those type of events over the games itself. Okay. Before we go into like my closing questions, like, so what was the trans, how, like, how was the transition between being the college mascot and then your current position? Was there like a wait time 
and you just saw like maybe a listing or did someone call you did you know someone like what was like what was that transition yeah, great, there? great question so i when i was graduating like i mentioned that it was right around the time where the education market was crashing in our region so there weren't any jobs a lot of my friends graduating years prior um were just substitute teaching and they were you know finding jobs that weren't in education so for me it was good to know that basically a year prior to graduation so i started reaching out just just for the fun of it to random professional teams um went on linkedin and tracked down the contacts in uh, the different community relations and promotions departments leading me ultimately to um four different contacts I had um, formal interviews with in different organizations. And when it came down to it, there were a couple uh, full-time positions offered out of the state or at the minor league level. Um, then with the organization I selected, it was part-time, but it was in-state. And I'm like, you know, it's, yeah, I can still do some stuff on the side because this is an organization that I absolutely love. And I've loved since I was, uh, in diapers basically. So that's really starting that contact basically six months before I started the job is what made it so easy. So I wasn't desperate at the time I started reaching out, but you called early. They said, Hey, you need to send a 20 minute video reel together. Um, just cause they get calls all the time. And that's a quick way to weed people out if they have a video to begin with. So it was awesome. Had the whole, or had basically three sports seasons to work with. Um, had all the footage together and sent over that DVD transition right into um, basically the interview was set up immediately once that was set in and started week after college, essentially. That's cool. That sounds like a, I mean, pretty smooth transition, but I mean, a lot of prep went into it, but yeah. Correct. So if I started that, the key thing is if I reached out around graduation, be like, all right, now time to apply for full-time jobs. I would have been, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. I never would have got this position just because requiring the video footage. I'm like, well, shoot, you know, what am I going to do now to get video once all the sports seasons are over, once I'm graduated? So it was, it was essential connecting like in December, November, um, to get the process moving along and having the resources that I needed. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so what would you say is the hardest part about mascotting? Um, the, oh, that's a great question. So for me, in my current situation of two kids, I live currently an hour and a half from where our organization plays. So with that, for me, it's the distance and the time. So full-time job, kids, um, just to get to an event normally takes around 90 minutes. So it's uh, endless balancing act to coordinate stuff with my full-time job, with my family, um, when picking up events, making sure I can have as maximum as possible uh, you know, to make it worthwhile in terms of like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Um, so just the coordination and balancing act is without a doubt in my life, the most challenging component of it. 
No, yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't have kids, but I mean, just that organization, like everyone always mentions that. And man, like I can't imagine like doing all this with kids and stuff. I know a lot of people do it, but oh man, kids are just scary to me. But so do your kids. But the know? key thing, <laughs> go to that question because I think I'm going to answer it right away anyway. <laughs> oh, do your kids know that you're the mascot or are they how I don't know how old they are, but <laughs> they do not. So one's one and a half, the other's. Five and the five-year-old um, has engaged with the mascot on different occasions. But what works out perfect is we go both to events where I'm in suit, but others where someone else is in suit. So it's it'd be very confusing to understand how that happens, yeah. <laughs> which is perfect. <laughs> and we just want it to be a secret, really, as long until they figure it out naturally. Okay, <laughs> cool. And what is your favorite uh, thing about mascotting? Uh, it's really um, being it for me since I grew up basically, like I said, an hour and a half from all the major sports teams in our state. I never had the opportunity to, you know, it was like once a year got to go to a baseball game or once every two years went to the basketball game. So, the, for me, one of the favorite things is being able to get to communities that want to have the mascot there that traditionally would never see a mascot and that many of their residents might never be able to go to a game. So for me, it's taking time to, like, I'd rather drive an, an additional hour and a half to get to a place that wouldn't have the opportunity um, to see the mascot on a regular basis compared to doing something that's a mile away. So while I do pick up events close to the um, where they play. I absolutely love getting out to the community in those non-traditional locations and venues. So whether it's like a birthday party, community fest, um, definitely see just such a pure and fun interest uh, the farther you go away from the team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't know, I just feel like they're that's like a hardcore fan right there. Um yeah, it's, uh, you know, it is, and when it comes down to it, it's just a release. It's a fun position. Um, and just the experiences that I've had, I I mean, I can't even imagine what life would be like without doing this for the past 10 years. Um, from, just from all the amazing people, all the amazing situations that I've encountered uh, along the way, which makes it really fun. And do you have any uh, advice for anyone like who wants to pursue mascotting as a career? Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of pairs along with a shout out that I have for Cameron, who got us connected. <laughs> but when talking to him, he's a college student, um, you know, really just wants to figure out what he can do uh, with his career. And when thinking about, like I talked to him last week about different things on the professional side, and understanding that there is that it is so important to have a balance of fun and with whatever career you want to pursue is key. So if you want to, you know, if you are looking like the route that I went to go into education, go into business, go into engineering, go into whatever career it is, um, you can certainly do that and be a very successful mascot on the side. So the key things to get there are getting connected with organizations in your town that have those opportunities. So if it's a minor league ball club, um, they traditionally have openings on a more regular basis 
or uh, need the help for people, you know, whether it's 10 hours a week or one hour every three weeks, there's definitely a need for minor league organizations. From there, uh, if you're looking, if that's, you know, if that opportunity isn't available in the community, get connected with other organizations that might have uh, opportunities as well. So if you're an extrovert, um, I know quite a few mascots that got into the industry from doing live sketch comedy and doing stand-up. I know some that have gotten from being MMA fighters and wrestling. So there's always this other ways of entertainment that can transition in to that first opportunity. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a suit stage one, um, but thinking what would be attractive, what shows your personality, what, uh, where can you, you know, really have fun with something in, in one of your different interests that can help lead to it is really the key place to begin. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> what mascots inspired you? I don't know if you have any off the top of your head. Good question. So when going back to when I started, it was just something I saw a mascot there and like the, the tryout was going, then I just went for it. So after I got hired, I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out what on earth I'm doing, who to look after, who to follow. So what I did compared to going the pro route was looking at college because I knew college colleges traditionally have more, uh, loose requirements when it comes to their mascots in terms of personality and interactions. So the duck from Oregon was a huge one. Um, Sparty from Michigan State University, uh, the Fighting Irish from Notre Dame, just because seeing a mix of how someone interacts um, outside of a suit, but still, you know, presents their personality for me is something I, I think I'd struggle to do. Um, so looked in, you know, different mascots and like that as well. So I wanted to just really look after a range in terms of how they present themselves. Uh, seeing the humor on different commercials that they may have or interactions, whether it's on ESPN or Fox sports, um, definitely a range, but I would say those are probably the biggest three, um, back 10 years ago at least oh yeah you named a lot of good ones <laughs> that i like i'm always like following on twitter and stuff so and then any other shout outs i know you mentioned um cam so shout out to cam but anyone else you want to shout out uh one of the one of the main ones um i'd say my original boss or intern i believe was a role kim who hired me when she was a graduate assistant back in college um, she clearly understood I had absolutely no background, um, that I fall that I truly fell into the interview since they literally walked up and put the head on going, but through just different advice, mentorship, um, just being able to connect with other resources, providing suggestions. She really helped, uh, help me get to where I am today. You know, just, even, she wasn't even a mascot, but just, um, putting in the time, putting in the effort and ultimately trusting that it would, that it all would work out is something I, um, really respect and appreciative of. 
Awesome. Well, I want to give you a shout out. Uh, I want to say thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I know you're super, super busy, but I appreciate what you're doing in the community with your organization. And, you know, as just like an educator and someone, you know, involved with with education, I always appreciate those people as well. Uh, yeah, just thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you so much for doing what you do with the podcast. It's really, you know, whether someone wants to be a mascot or you know, just have a little courage to do something different, whether it's being an actor or looking at something from a different perspective. Uh, it's pretty awesome that you have this platform to be able to share your story, but also the stories of uh, all the other mascots and performers that you connect with. So thanks for involving me. Thanks. And that was it for episode number 43. So as you could tell, I was totally sick. There was no avoiding it. Everyone was sick at work. Kids, aides, teachers, like to at every school that I went to. But yeah, so I apologize for me being all stuffy. <laughs> and I, that total brain fire, did you hear? Like, I couldn't think of retirement community. What the heck? Like, I was like, what is it called? I've been there before. I volunteered there. Like, oh my gosh. But anyways, so I have 48 episodes. All right, need to schedule two more. Oh, I'm very nervous about those. <laughs> one person has not said yes. And one, we tried but the scheduling didn't work out. So I'm hoping that they are still willing. And that's it, you guys. 50 and that's it. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Like, if you would like the questions and you want to write out something, like, I'll post it. And you can, you know, tell me what to name it. And I'll post it, like, uh, as a blog, like, with uh, Stanley C. Panther. He sent, I sent him over the questions and he just wrote it as a blog. Yeah, that's something that we can do if you really want to put, like, your stories out there. But as far as interviewing over Skype and recording, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. But if you'd like some stickers, uh, I'll send you some stickers. I have maybe, like, eight left. So first come, first serve. And I think that's it. It's pretty late, so I need to uh, put this out there. <laughs> put this out into the world uh, so thank you for listening as always and take care and have a happy thanksgiving thanksgiving